I read the other day uh, that, and I'm sure this bears true, that uh, 70% of people now are using CPAP machines. Um, I read that in a text Paul Jones sent me this morning wanting me to say that because he got in an argument with his family about it. So you have to consider the source. You have, to, you have to consider where things are coming from. We talked about it this morning in class. There is a, there's a, there's a passage in Scripture that says God does not hear the prayers of a sinner. But who said it? There's passages in Job that sound good, but aren't true. Because Job was sitting around with three guys whose main job in the story is to be wrong. So if it's Eliphaz, right? Everyone's like, yeah, right, Eliphaz. If it's, you, you have to consider the source. You have to consider who you're hearing things from to have um, any, to give, give something worth. Now, I had another opening illustration but Paul wanted me to talk about that, so I thought, well, I'll just use his silly face. <laughs> you didn't give me a time limit. No, Paul wanted an argument. I think it was fun. Their faces, though, you didn't get to see their faces when I started talking about it. The, uh, But we... I think we need, before we talk about what Mary says today, I think we need to see who Mary was. Jade, how old are you? Okay, almost, you almost got it wrong. That was close. Jade, would you mind come, coming here for a second? Come here. Just stand, just stand next to me, Jade. Like when we picture women in the Bible, we, we picture women at church. And most of you grew up with women at church looking a certain way. This is the closest, look. Jade is the closest we have to the look of Mary in our church. Age, hair color, like, and height. Like Mary, sorry, you can go sit down, you can go sit down. Mary was like what we would consider a child. You know, Jade, we're not, we're not calling teenagers children, but in our mind, the way we would picture, she was, she was young. I mean, maybe even younger than that. Some estimates have her at 13, 14. She was betrothed she was being she had been given to joseph she had been that their families had made an arrangement and she was engaged she was at the very beginning of her life as a married person and in that day and age that meant you were in your early teens so her whole life is changing 
Now, a 15-year-old today is completely different than a 15-year-old back then. They just, they just work different. Um, and all of you going, yeah, 15-year-olds. Um, forget you're raising the 15-year-olds. <laughs> that is a, just a universal fact that back then they were just ready to go out into the world un, un, without their parents and with their spouse. She has this um, life that she is expecting. How many of you, I'm counting this, so I'll raise my hand preemptively. How many of you get really frustrated when what you were expecting to happen doesn't happen? Like, I, have a, I sort of have an inner itinerary, and it's not going well. You know, you, you really want the next, her, and ours could just be like, oh, everybody's at Walmart today. I wanted to get in and out. You know, like I've never done before. And so we think something's going to go away and something small. But she's, her life is, is going well. She's married. She's engaged. She's going to be married. She's on a trip with him now. Uh, When he's born. But they're planning on going to Bethlehem soon for a census. And they have plans. And a messenger from God shows up and says, you're going to be pregnant. It's going to be God's. And it's going to be the Messiah. That is daunting. I, I have moments right now as a parent that I think, ah, oh, ruined them for life. I can look back on mistakes we made with Clara and Macy that I thought, oh no. I've had to apologize to my kids. Maybe you've been there too. Where you have to get down on your knees and say, all right, daddy took something out on you and he didn't, he shouldn't have. That's hard. I think it's important. But I'm messing up as a dad. And I've got non-Messiah kids. (laughs) I've got kids that aren't supposed to support To save the world. How many of you were like first child? You remember first child? Braden, they were like this with you, maybe. Like 99.8. What's 911's number? What? Like panic about like the smallest of things. Our doctor told us. 103, don't even bother coming unless it's 103. I'm like, don't they die at 103? No, 104, but you can come on. Baby's bounce good. (laughs) That is on the Westfall crest. (laughs) Uh Oh, the, uh, 
But we've, we've got Mary whose life is completely altered, completely changed. And God is, God is sending, she doesn't get normal. She doesn't get to be normal. Because God has come into, your, into her life. God has, her, her trajectory changed. And God said, you are no longer normal. You are special. And then she goes to visit her cousin, Elizabeth. And finds out Elizabeth is pregnant too. And Elizabeth says, blessed is the one who's carrying the Lord. And then Mary sings a song. And that's our text this morning. We're in Luke 1. Mary said, my soul glorifies, or we sing magnifies, the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For He has been mindful of the humble state of His servant. For from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Next slide says, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name, his mercy, his mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from the thrones, but has lifted up the humble. Mary's nothing. Mary, Mary is is the just the I like she's just this small girl, this young girl who God has seen fit. Now, God didn't have a contest. You didn't have to write in and explain why. You didn't have to get references why you think you might could raise the Messiah. God chose Mary. God chose Mary, and all of a sudden, Mary is the one who's going to raise the Messiah. He's lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and to his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stops. And when it really sets in, praises God for the shift in her life. Praises God for for the turbulence in her life. For the unexpected events. Because God is using her. God is is coming into her her normalcy and changing it into victory. And he's making what she was used to come come up and be something that's... uh, that's, that's difficult, but is also life-changing. Mary praised God because God was coming into her normal to make it abnormal so that her abnormal can glorify God. Mary had every right To be scared. To be anxious. To be fearful. She had every right to probably be upset at times. And she has. Mary is. 
praising God. Saying the king isn't coming from on high. He's coming from me. Who am I? Mary gave God the glory. She starts by saying, my soul glorifies or magnifies the Lord. When we hear the word soul, sometimes we don't really, we don't really um, define it really well in our heads. Soul, for some reason, we think is like just this little thing in me that when I die, leaves me and it's clear. Um, but your soul is just like your existence, your your being, your your life. And so what she's she's saying, my life glorifies God because God has been mindful of those of us who are humble, those of us who are nothing. God has been mindful of those who have who are on the bottom rung of the ladder, and He has humbled those who are on the top rung. God has made the playing field flat because the Messiah is going to redeem. All of us, if we come to him. And here she is. With the Messiah inside of her. Not. Not she can't help. But to rejoice in what God is going to change in her life. When we talk about Jesus affecting your life. When, when we just reference that sort of nonchalantly, pardon my French, um, we just reference that. <laughs> Thank you, Caroline. That was funny. We just reference like God is a, is part of my life, or God is um, with me, or. However it is we talk about it, whatever language you use, we can sort of just hit it and run. But we need to focus on the fact that God's presence in our life is earth shattering. It is life changing. And if our souls, if our lives are going to glorify God, it's going to be because Jesus is in us. If our, if our life is going to lift up God, it's going to be because Jesus has a role and a function to play in my life. And that I am no longer magnifying myself. I am no longer making myself great. I am making God great. One of Rachel's favorite lines in the Bible is when uh, John the Baptist says, He must become greater and I must become less. I'm backing out of this. I'm backing out of, of, of credit. I'm backing out of, um, of getting all the praise. And I'm giving, I'm giving God the glory. And what does that mean for you if your life isn't affected by God? Some, sometimes you're at a part of your story where you probably don't need to give God the credit for your life. You need to take the credit for your life because your life is um, a dumpster fire. Like your life is a mess. 
And you can say, oh, God, be, yeah, God's in charge of this. No, you are in charge of this. I've told the story before about the woman with diabetes. Dying of diabetes. Butterfingers in the jar. Popping them like they're pills. Saying, why is God doing this to me? I, um, it's because of science. You're doing it to yourself. But when God comes in, you don't stay on the same path. Your trajectory changes. When God comes in, you feel it. You feel like this is different. This is new. And I, I don't know. It's, and it's not you. I can't define it. I can't clarify it. It's, it's not me. So my soul will magnify the Lord. You will be filled. You will be changed. And what she's doing at at the heart of this song is praising God that Jesus is coming. Praising God that Jesus is that the Messiah is on his way. And if. If it, that doesn't change us, if Jesus' presence doesn't change us, it doesn't affect us. I don't think we're looking straight at it. I think it's sort of just a thing over here we do. We might talk about it at Christmas. But if you, if you follow Jesus long enough, there are going to be paths that you're not used to. If you follow Jesus long enough, there's there's going to be practices that aren't okay anymore. And I'm not just talking about um, the big four. Drugs, we'll say intercourse, because not every kid went to class. Rock and roll. We're talking about worry. We're talking about self, the lack of self-control. We're talking about uh, gossip. We're talking like stuff that's going to ruin you. Stuff that's normal in our world. Stuff that's normal in our church. Go, go get one dessert today. And walk around with it. Don't eat it. Just walk around with it. And now this isn't going to work because I've said it from the pulpit. But just walk around with it. What does everyone say? Is that all you're going to get? Yeah, this is killing me. I don't need more of it. But our assumption is, oh, you didn't fill up your plate with dessert. We lack the self-control with sugar. People, I don't understand what it's like to be addicted to things, but man, I'm a chocoholic. Addicted to chocohol. <laughs> I, I like that's nuts. Like we we have not sometimes like you you've got to pick the next thing you want Jesus to work on. Jesus isn't going to break you, but you've got to pick the next thing that he's going to change.
What is it with you? And the answer then isn't to try harder, but it's to follow Jesus. How does Jesus affect my conversations with other people? How does Jesus affect my conversations about other people? How does Jesus affect the way I treat my parents? How does Jesus affect the way I talk to my kids? How does Jesus affect the way I love my spouse? What's next? What's next? Because you are going to be 70 years old, 75, 80, 85, 90, and Jesus is still going to be working on you. There's going to always, you're not going to be the Messiah, but you're going to be affected by the Messiah. And that's going to cause big changes in your life. Mary, Mary was a pregnant, unmarried teenager. That's hard. That's that's harder in the first century than it is today. And it's not that fun today. She was looked down upon. Uh, Joseph almost divorced her. It, It wasn't good. But her life glorified. Because she knew God was worth glorifying. Not, and not, not even though, but especially when God is intersecting your story and causing such sharp transitions that your life has changed forever. So as you are thinking about, like maybe the first of the year is coming. And you're thinking, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a new, have a New Year's resolution. Most of us don't think about them for that long. Maybe just think of them day of. You're eating peas, and they say, hey, "What's your New Year's resolution?" Well, I guess I probably need to go to the gym. So everyone buys gym memberships spike. Significantly at the first of the year. Yeah, get fit. Go see Jesse if you need to. But what you need to be asking yourself, what is it that Jesus is going to change in me this year? Am I going to do something I'm afraid of? Started coming to church here this year. If you started coming to church here this year, which a lot of you did. Are you are you going to start teaching a class? That is terrifying. Real easy, but terrifying. The hardest part of teaching a class is thinking about teaching a class. And the kids. But what is God going? What? How can your life, how can your soul magnify and glorify the God who has humbled the proud and lifted up those who are broken. How are you going to do that this year? What's going to be the change? And I think you need to name it. I think you need to find it in yourself and name it and say, this is where I, this is what I struggle with. And it's not now you're not just saying, I'm going to quit. You're saying, I'm going to follow Jesus and I'm going to give Jesus this thing.
I'm going to give God this thing and let it let him change me. And I know it's going to be uncomfortable, but my life magnifies God. He has been good to me. And if you want to follow God for the first time, that that means believing that he is alive and that he is king. That Jesus is the Messiah. It means uniting with him in death, burial, and resurrection and letting it affect your life. Your life now doesn't go in the same direction it has turned from that direction to the other. And you're proclaiming it to the world that he is the Messiah. That he is Lord. And that we follow him. But if you want to be baptized this morning, if you need prayers this morning... If you want God to come into your life, in the Old Testament, every time God shows up, stars fall out of the sky. That's how the prophets picture him. Mountains crack in half and stars fall out of the sky. Surely God can do something powerful in your world too. If you need that, and you do, Whatever way you need that in, please come forward while we stand and sing.